Well, Cam, I mean, there's a lot of different things that we could do to start off the show tonight. Um, there is the manner in which tomorrow is Thanksgiving, so this would be the yeah. eve of Thanksgiving. The, the unofficial Thanksgiving episode for God. I, I heard somewhere that uh, this is the day that there is more drinking and driving accidents than any yeah. other day across the country all year long like that is kind of surprising but also kind of not at the same time um uh, so i mean with the argument that with like christmas and around that time new year's like there's always it seems like events going on i would think saint patrick's day would be up there as well but no apparently it's the day before thanksgiving yeah yeah no like you there's so many possible days um and it's the day before thanksgiving like that that surprised me to learn too and Isley's on the Isley's on the road home yeah. with uh you know going to see the fam i think he's he's taking the dogs and and uh and and Callie and uh and Bo and Isla um so sounds like a full vehicle it, it will be a full vehicle um so it's, it should be a good time. I want to wish him safe travels as he heads back to Ohio to spend the uh, last couple days of uh, this Thanksgiving weekend and rivalry weekend uh, with, with his fam for mm -hmm. the holiday. And then he'll be back with us on either Saturday night for Loudmouth Saturday or he'll be back for potentially the, the episode Sunday night. Uh, yeah. In fact, we, we, may, we may be starting a little bit later because of that, but Anyway, we want to. I know he's he's not able to watch right now because he's driving, but he'll probably go back and watch this point. So he he did because he he said the last time that uh, that he heard what I said about the the uh, Giants and Cowboys game. So I, I always know. Yeah, I always know he's Complete, watching. So. Completely understandable. But also, Cam, uh, I don't want to dive too much into this, obviously. But today is a pretty historic significant anniversary i don't know if you know this uh do you know what today is not off the top of my head today i've is also november. been up up for like 45 minutes so uh, well hey it's okay i've i've been up for like 11 hours so it's it's my my intelligence is dwindling as, as what little i had of it as the day goes on um, we're at the opposite ends of the day <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we are, and we we are, it's it's weird how we started versus how we are now. Where you're on on my old schedule, and I'm on mm -hmm. your old schedule. Who would have thunk? Who would have thought it? Not me. Yeah, well, uh, we could really throw it back to when um, you when and we first I started the really show. Yeah. Would literally be the two on overnights, and uh, yeah. up until God only knows when on the phone with each other. Yeah, that was the only way to survive and, and keep mm -hmm. ourselves awake and alive at those days. But same, uh, well, yes, well, somewhat. <laughs> they 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 don't you, call it the inmates. Us. They don't call it the inmates running the asylum when it's just you and I for a reason, Cam. Yeah. But uh, this is the 60th anniversary of the JFK assassination. Today's November the 22nd, ah, interesting. 2023, 60 that years ago this afternoon. Is when it happened. That and that's why I'm seeing everyone under the sun release a 
videos, was it faked? Was the CIA involved? Like, oh, the CIA like was that? definitely involved. Oh, the, uh, they, they, the, 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 there's new evidence showing that the, at least what the doctors there at the time, from what I've heard, are saying now that the bullet hole in his neck mm-hmm. was not the bullet going out, but the bullet coming in. That either yeah. Grassy Knoll or somebody in front of him was the one that hit him with that shot. There was multiple shooters. The CIA it's was very possible. Like, oh, yeah, that's fun. But you know, the, 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 further and further, the further and further that we get away from the event, the more and more the the family guy cutaway of Lee Harvey Oswald trying to be the hero and taking out the, the gunman on the grassy knoll, but having terrible aim. Seems like it might have actually been the truth. <laughs> well, before oh. the CIA... Before the CIA comes after us, we better get into the actual meat of the show. That's a good win. There's a lot of people. It's like Woodstock, except everybody's got their clothes on. Personal file. 69. Offense. He's giving them the business. These people don't give you. Love you, honey. We get through the intro and it just cuts out again. Yeah. I guess the CIA is on to us. My God. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Uncle Sam. Oh, uh, no. Listen, as bad as it was on Sunday with the spit take. Oh, we are already off the rails today. Oh, man. Well. Is this show ever on the rails anymore? I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> welcome. Welcome to Loudmouth CFB. This is our 167th episode, believe it or not. At least since the rebranding. That doesn't include uh, all, the, uh, all the shows that we did going back to early 2021, as we have been on YouTube. And my God, 2021. And, yeah. We're, we're about to cover our, our third uh, college football season and postseason, I should say, because we, this is the we we are about to finish our third full season covering college football mm-hmm. uh, on this podcast. Well, on this channel, at least you can go back and look at the early days. You have that resource available to you. Oh, the the good old days when uh, Jimbo Fisher was still the head coach at Texas A and M, and they uh, lost to Arkansas. Uh, that was that was interesting. Yeah. Back when back when. Uh, Oh, back when Iowa was capable of of going ten and two and and not scored more than on... three points a game offensively. Oh, wait, no that that was that was still the case. Although they they put up a little bit more. I was gonna say but... that they put up a little bit more. It was like yeah. six points a game offensively. Like they doubled but, their offensive output. Yeah, but all that to say that uh, you know we're happy here. We're happy that it is officially. Rivalry week, we're maybe not as happy that uh, one of the rivalries that is, uh, you know, pretty heated between uh, two of our closest friends that we have been a part of the show together. <laughs> we we kind of get lumped in in the middle, even though, Cam, you are right behind you. You've got the Utah State flag on your wall. Well, yeah, we didn't even have a fucking rivalry game this year. 
You didn't get the wagon wheel black? Well, no, because BYU canceled that series. Chicken shit move. I I, I was going to say, I work with somebody who's a a BYU fan, and he does not – he doesn't like the the trophy, the wagon wheel, but maybe he just takes it for granted. Maybe you should go and – Kick their asses and steal it back. The fuck is his problem? I don't know, but he he also can't stand Utah, which I guess you and he have that in, in common. But yeah. you're a Utah well, State fan. I was going to say, you know, I cheer for Utah whenever they oh. play BYU, so there is that difference. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you're a Utah State guy. You're also a fan mm-hmm. of the Sun Devils. I was just sad. TCU born in forks up. Let's ruin a kitten season this year. We might talk. No one, absolutely no one. Sparky, meanwhile, this this kitty's gonna get it. (laughs) Hey, any kitty's better than the dino cat. I'll tell you what. Uh, depends upon who you ask. Uh, so. We might we might talk a little territorial cup, but I wanted we were gonna talk about this on both Sunday and Wednesday and just kind of ran out of time, especially with how wait, not Sunday or not Wednesday. This is Wednesday. What am I thinking? What are we doing? Tuesday. What day is it? It's what? A t- yesterday, Tuesday, my dude. Dude, it for me this week has already Where been is like time gone. This week has already for me been so long I've forgotten that it's only Wednesday. Because like Monday and Tuesday both felt like mm-hmm. Wednesday to me for some reason. Like I feel like the walls are closing in and I'm like running out of time. You know, it's like one of those action movies where you got to hold your breath and survive as long as you can. But thankfully I think we're on the other side now. Uh, that's not to, to get too far off topic, but Fingers I did want to, we did want to talk on Sunday. Uh, I, we, we, we've, uh, you know, I, I think I've made no, uh, qualms about what I do for a living. I, I work in at a, a job in media, and I also do some play-by-play broadcasting at the high school level. And well, my adventures this past week took me to the uh, one of the biggest stadiums in the high school ranks here in in the DFW Metroplex. That's Allen Eagle Stadium, a, a stadium that has made the headlines nationally, being what a fifty million dollar venue cam. Yeah, I was going to say, do, do you remember when that was built? Because that was like right before our senior year. Yeah, it just it doesn't feel like it was yeah. uh, like it should be that long ago. Yeah. But like it's uh, nicer than some. Yeah, I mean, this smaller this, is, this could be levels. a college yeah. stadium. Yeah, like I've, I've been to some some college stadiums that are nowhere near as nice as this mm-hmm. one is. Uh, so. I just kind of wanted to show a couple pictures from uh, my time over there in Allen. Uh, and, and I mean, this this picture right here and, and the pictures that you're seeing below it were probably, you know, maybe 20 to 30 minutes apart. And, and it already it looks like a difference of like night and day because of how quickly the sun goes down these days. Thanks to daylight savings time. And uh, Thank of you. course, you yeah, going back cake. to... Going back to Thank Central you, time. you archaic fuck. Well, hey, in Arizona, they don't have to worry about that. I, I know. Just stay. I know. In, let's just stay in standard time. Honestly, stay in I, standard or stay in daylight savings. I don't care which one. You, in fact, don't even tell me which one. But just stay in one. Don't. Yeah, be it really it doesn't make a difference. Because you know, world. I because I was thinking this morning. I, I got to work about seven o'clock, and 
like the sun was just starting to come up. So I was thinking, you know, that is one nice thing about falling back an hour at this point is that because if we were still in daylight savings, it would have been like eight o'clock before the, the sun was coming up, which is just not feasible. Uh, but at the same time, it wouldn't have been nearly as dramatic a shift if we had not gone to daylight savings. We wouldn't have had, you know, the sun still out till like almost nine o'clock or after nine o'clock in the summer. But I'm, I'm honestly okay with that. I don't think it needs to be that way. You know, it, it worked for several hundreds of years that we had clock around that we didn't need it. So why, you know, why don't we just now? go back to the days of sundial? I'll, I'll yeah. even simplify it even more. Like, yeah. why do we need the digital clocks? Well, I mean, I, the digital clocks make it nice. And I, I well, want I mean, a sundial I, I, down in the corner, damn it. <laughs> if you can read a sundial, that's fine. That's great. Um, but anyway, okay. So, man, it's been a while since I posted. What the hell do we normally do? Um, Let's... Uh... Do we we any go over? News? I was to say we don't have any news. Story? We don't have any news. We talked about it all on Sunday. There was a lot that came out Sunday, but since then it's just kind of a little bit of ho hum, you know. Uh, Dave Clawson a little upset because you know he he uh, he groomed and, and dated his uh, star girlfriend quarterback uh, Sam Hartman for four years, and then they go to uh, Notre Dame Stadium. And and the the new guy that he's with, the new team he's with, uh, mm-hmm. is telling him how much they love him when it's just a one season rental. I think that's the biggest stupid nonsense of the season so far. Honestly, I don't really care to talk about it. But that's mm-hmm. that's about all that's being talked about right now in terms of you know college football. Besides, of course, the college football playoff top twenty five. Which Cam, I know we had it last night. We can put it on the bottom of the screen. Yes, but sir. We're gonna we're gonna talk about this while we uh, are getting our old friend, uh, Mr. Isley. He was going to send us the uh, the loudmouth top twenty-five, and so uh, that exists. Believe it, or it, not. it does. It does. We, I have seen it. I was was given a, a special sneak peek of the top twenty-five last night as. Uh, it's pretty interesting, so I'm I'm hoping that we'll have that for you. Cam, keep an eye on that. If if he sends it and I'm talking about something, uh, we'll just you know come come back to this. But you know, we we talked about it a little bit, th- you know, last night for 30 minutes uh, when as the rankings were being revealed. Um, just what's the biggest surprise in your book? Is it like you know the love for Tennessee, the love for Clemson? Uh, with four losses, is it the uh, ability of your camera to actually stay on? Uh, well, clearly yeah. we're getting that. So yeah, apparently. So um, I don't think any of us were were surprised that the uh, the flip with four and five, especially when they showed Oregon at six ahead uh, of the reveal of the top five. Yeah. Normally they'll just do the the top six and uh yeah, and we, go from we all kind of one. figured that and we talked about that yesterday with yeah. Oregon being shown in six to ten rather than do what they normally do where it's like the five and six at the bottom of the screen it was like oh well yeah. fuck they're gonna flip 
the mm-hmm. the knolls and the huskies. So. Yeah. And and there and we talked about it last night that you know anybody that is making an argument for Washington being above Michigan should also make the same argument that Washington, based on the resume, based on how they've looked. Yeah, they've had a little bit of some struggles ever since the Oregon game, but I I honestly to me the wins that they've got I think they've got one of if not the best wins of the year. Uh, I think I take Texas's win. At Alabama, just a little bit above yeah. Washington's win at home over Oregon. They have but, multiple great wins, though. But, yeah, I mean, you're talking about Washington has three top 16 wins, and I can't think mm-hmm. of anybody else that has that many or more. Uh, you know, Georgia's got Ole Miss. They've got Mizzou. Those are th- two in the top 12, uh, but they don't have – I don't think they have anybody else that uh, would be up there that they would have played, just kind of eyeballing the – the last bit of rankings they got Tennessee down there in the 20 through 25 range but again that's you know that's their third one and you've got, if you've got Washington who's third you know third top 15 16 win and you can make the argument that you know Utah should be in there above an, a Tennessee or a Clemson and if they were then you know as a four loss team if you're going to put any four loss team in the uh top 25 then it probably should be you know, Washington at one, because we, we talked about it, the, the way they looked earlier in the year, we were giving them first place votes because they looked like the best team they had at that point, still the best resume. And I I think that that has not really changed. I just think that the other teams that we've seen have caught up to them a little bit in terms of eye test and resume, Georgia, certainly in the eye test has caught up Michigan, Michigan never really had a doubt in terms of the eye test to me. Uh, it's just that resume caught up a little bit more and, you know, with the win at Penn state and Ohio state, they've got the yeah. Notre Dame win. That's, that's all right. It's, it's, you know, they're, they got an 18, 18th ranked Notre Dame on the road. And, you know, you've got Penn state who's in the top 11 uh, at home by, you know, a couple of possessions after a really just kind of a dog fight, but they, they never really were, I mean, after, until that, you know, defensive penalty against Penn State on what negated ended up being the what could have been a scoop and score for uh, the the Nittany Lions. That was really the uh, the the only thing that mm-hmm. we you know had to to see you know Ohio State get worried about early on in that game, and then Ohio State went down after the penalty, got another penalty I think the play after that, and scored a touchdown, and yeah. they never trailed. They they didn't pull they, away, but yeah, then they just kind of controlled the game from there. Yeah, and it's the same with Michigan going on the road to, to Happy Valley to, to do the same thing. You know, they didn't have to do a whole lot. They they did what was going to be to benefit them and in running the ball so many times, but just, you know, demoralizing Penn State and keeping their offense mm-hmm. off the field. And, and when their offense was on the field, they you know were able to keep them in check with the exception of, of like a, a field goal drive to take the three nothing lead early in the the uh, in the second quarter I think or maybe like into the first quarter yeah uh, I think it was their second drive but uh, suffice it to say that Washington has a really good argument for being up there above you know both a Michigan and Ohio State and even maybe it's a little bit to to Georgia but 
I don't think anybody's really going to do that. I think that, no, you know, this is, this is, you know, I, I, I kind of get the, I mean, obviously we get the image of posturing and, and whatnot, but it, it's, it's a mixture and, and Washington definitely deserves to be above Florida state, but they shouldn't, mm. if they're going to be above in your opinion, a Michigan or Ohio state, they should be above both. Uh, looking at yeah. the rest. Oh yeah. yeah. Looking, looking at the rest of the rankings, you got Liberty that came in at top in the 25th spot with uh, their undefeated record. But again, they, you know, their you know, their strength of them. schedule is just down there in the pits of hell almost this year. So it's, it's tough to, to really see them, uh, you know, justifiably being, uh, you know, any higher than that, even though they are undefeated. And for uh, yeah, and they purposes. they they should not be a group of five representatives though. No, all, all due respect to Jamie Chadwell and what he's done, hell yeah. of a job there, especially year one. Um, and all of us having questions since they had to. They. We were thinking he might have to change the offense around and all that kind of fun stuff. And uh, it just wound up working out perfectly. But, I mean, like, it, it just it just seemed like, oh, this might be a little too much for year one. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. I mean, we I, I can look, go back and look at what I had for them. Uh, this year, and and it's not. I had them like eight and four, I think. I'll I had them eleven up. and one. See, so I mean, even for me, like they were, so I thought they were gonna have a really good year because the schedule is just so easy. I think, yeah, the only loss I had, they've gotten through. That was that Western Kentucky because I had a lot higher hopes for Western Kentucky than we've seen for them this year. Um, so, you oh, know, I, I did I, have them eleven one. Holy see, fuck. yeah, like. <laughs> We, we, we knew that they, just because of the strength of schedule alone, that they were going to have a pretty solid year. Um, if, if you're just looking at what talent-wise they still had from a year ago, even with Chadwell coming in. I mean, Cam, I think you and I, we, you know, not to undercut what Chadwell's done because it's been a great coaching Oh, job, yeah, no. And a great year for, for them. And, and I'm That's not That's why trying I threw that to, little caveat in yeah. at the start. And I'm and I'm not trying to make any disrespect, but I mean honestly, it's one of those situations where, you know, we. This is, is very similar to what we saw last year with TCU, albeit in a smaller conference. And first year head coach coming in, they've got an undefeated schedule. Now they're not, you know, struggling or or having, you know, tougher competition that's keeping it close week in week out. But the level of competition, you know, as much as they they tried to discredit the frogs last year level of competition that that uh liberty has faced this year is definitely worth criticizing just a bit i mean you look at i think their toughest mm -hmm. non-conference game would be whom would it be bowling green i, I think uh, it would i think it would be bowling see. green would be their toughest because it's bowling like green. so they they had uh they had bowling it green, was bowling green at buffalo at buffalo at fiu at and then uh umass hosting umass yeah or wait, uh, I had no. It was at home against ODU and UMass. Yeah, so they were at home for New Mexico State mm -hmm. or Bowling Green, I should say. They're at Buffalo, and they 
uh, hosted Old Dominion and UMass. You're right. Uh, so three of the four uh, non-conference games were at home, and they, uh, you know, they handled their their business really. You know, mm-hmm. so kudos to them. Yeah, absolutely. And so, I mean, you know, you give credit to any undefeated team. There's there's six of them, and they're all in the top 25 now. But there's a reason why the five that are ahead of them are the top five teams in the country, Cam. I mean, with, 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 yeah, with all Yeah, Liberty respect. is not in that argument. Yeah. Well, while we wait for the top 25, I guess we can go ahead and uh, get into some previews. So, mm-hmm. uh Cam, if you don't mind, I believe our good pal and our buddy Tyler Isley yes. had a uh, had something he wanted us to to share uh, mm-hmm. as we get ready to start these previews, and we will let that be seen before we make our picks known. So we'll, we'll let Isley kind of segue into it as as he does, and and we'll uh, we'll we'll get it going from there here in. Uh, in just a moment. Yeah. All right. Well, I wasn't sure how I was going to do this, but well, I guess recording is going to be the, the way to go. So, anyways, we've got the Loudmouth scoreboard up. We're going to go through the games. Uh, I'm, I'm still here, I guess. This is my way of showing my face in this uh, episode tonight on Wednesday. Hope you have a happy Thanksgiving. I'm going to lead it off with that. I hope you guys all have a happy Thanksgiving. Um, enjoy the time with your families and loved ones. Uh, it's, a, it's a very special time of year um, for me, uh, in general, just because of obviously my history and, and the things that I've um, my, my time in the military. Like that was the only time I got to go home was was and consistently go home was the holiday season. So it, it's always special to me to be able to go home and and visit family, so I hope that uh, everybody who gets a chance to does as well. And uh, this is kind of my time to say the same thing to uh, all of my brothers and sisters. I uh, hope you guys get a get to spend the holidays um, with your families and loved ones and, and safely. <clears throat> now that I'm done with the sappy stuff, <laughs> let's go ahead and get into this. We got UTSA on the road at Tulane. Now, this game is big because this game sends somebody home. Likely, it likely sends somebody home. The only way this does not send somebody home is an SMU loss while Tulane loses this game. The reason that's the case is because Tulane would have the better record while SMU would have um, the same record in conference as Tulane. Tulane would have the better overall record. They would go, and, and this would be a rematch next week at UTSA. Now, a Tulane win means UTSA is out completely. SMU would go on. And they will be the team playing for the conference championship. And this game will be played in New Orleans. Now, a Tulane loss, a UTSA win, means this game is played in Ford Stadium over in Dallas at SMU. Just some uh, an intrigue that probably was already talked about. But I get to talk because I don't know what you guys are going to say yet. So, Or when you're going to play. Turns out snaps. you were the one that broke that. At the end of the day. This game, I think, is going to come down to home field advantage. The, the New Orleans crowd always is rocking, and especially in a game that means as much as this game does, they're going to be all ready for it. This is a Friday game, so it's going to be one that we know the result of by the time SMU plays on Saturday. And I think it's going to be a really fun time. Now, the big thing I'm looking for is Michael Pratt. I think he's going to have a really good game. And while it might be a quarterback duel, 
between Michael Pratt and, and Frank Harris. I'm going to take Michael Pratt. I'm going to take the Tulane Green Wave to come out on top. I'm going to take Tulane to cover that three-and-a-half-point spread. I think they're going to win by a touchdown at least. Um, and I would also take the over in this game. I think they'll hit over 51-and-a-half. It's going to be a fun game on Friday. I'm really excited for it. It's probably one of my games of the day on Friday. Do we want to? No, no. We'll, we'll go ahead and we'll uh, we'll slide our – Cells in over here, and we'll we'll talk about this matchup too, and we'll we'll figure out kind of a better way to to segue that uh, going forward. But yeah, I, I I'm right there in agreement with him that we will know the I think we'll know the uh, matchup uh, before SMU kicks off Saturday. I, I as as good as Frank Harris has been for UTSA the last few years. And as much as I'd really like to see him have the opportunity to to win three straight conference titles, remember UTSA back-to-back conference USA champs on their way out the door to the American the last two years. I think Tulane's just too good, especially at home with the home field advantage. I think Makai Hughes is going to have a really good day for the Green Wave. I'm, I'm right there in agreement with Tyler about Tulane winning this game, and I've got the Tulane cover as well. I think it, I don't think it'd be as much of a of a QB battle. I think Frank Harris will be the better quarterback, but at the end of the day, I think it's it's going to come down to the rushing attack. And I give a whole lot more trust to Mackay Hughes than I do uh, for for the Roadrunners. Last week they had um, Frank Harris total over 500 yards, the second most um, total yards by a player in the FBS so far this year, only behind Jane Daniels, who had like 600 total yards against Florida, just that absurd numbers that mm-hmm. he continues to put up. We video game. Down. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really just insane. Um, but I, I, I think that Tulane, especially with the experience the last two years that you look at that, they were 15 and one the last two years with a chance to go to 16 and one their last two seasons and including last year's uh, American title game win over UCF. The, they'll, they avenged their only regular season loss uh, in the conference championship game last year. I'm going to go with the Green Wave to keep themselves on the precipice, on the doorstep of that college football playoff group of five, I should say, uh, bid that would put them in the New Year's Six. They, they are still a couple spots ahead of Liberty, even though they have a loss and Liberty's undefeated because the only loss, home loss to Ole Miss, that, and that was without Pratt. I think they get the benefit of the doubt. They just got to get through this game, and they've got to survive uh, SMU next week. I think whether uh, whether the uh, Ponies win or lose, because Tulane's going to win, I think it's going to be Tulane and SMU next week. And I don't think SMU's going to lose either. I think both teams are going to be 8-0 in conference play going into that matchup. I'm going to take the wave, and I'm going to take the cover. Cam? Yeah, no. Um, I I too have Tulane winning. I just think they're the better team this year. Like credit to UTSA for riding the ship when they got into conference play. Um, very impressed with that. Um, overall, another very solid season for Trailer and that entire coaching staff in in San Antonio. But unfortunately. That run kind of comes to an end here. Sorry to the folks of San Antonio if you're, for whatever reason, watching this show. First of all, sorry about that. Second of all, 
You got some amazing churros. Yeah, churros are great. Also, ask if a bike is in the basement of the Alamo. Um, anyways, little Pee Wee Herman reference. <laughs> Anywho, Anywho. Um, all that to say, Tulane, just the better team this year. Like, credit to what they've been able to do. They'll meet from, from what it should be, like, SMU the following week. I do think SMU also wins Saturday and it becomes the green wave versus the ponies. So awesome. All right. Well, let's go ahead and shift back into this. Also on Friday, this time Friday night, we remember the classic game that was played in, in Corvallis last year. Oregon State comes back from the big depths that they win the game. Kind of ruined Oregon's hopes. Well, this year it's kind of a similar feel, except it, it, this time it's being played in Eugene. The odds on zoo is going to be going crazy. Oregon's a 13.5-point favorite, which I think is a little too much. But at the end of the day, I think Oregon's going to win this game. I think they're going to be able to um, take this one and move forward and be 11-1, and one. and I think they'll be meeting Washington in the Pac-12 championship game. Now, if Oregon loses, there's some intrigue there uh, with the uh, Pac-12 tiebreaker scenario that I think is arguably one of the more ridiculous things in the world. But, um, you know, I don't get to choose all that. I'm just pulling Oregon, get there, 11-1, rematch with Washington. That's the game I want to see next Friday night in the Pac-12 championship game. I don't know about you guys. Like I said, still taking Oregon. Uh, um, and I think Bo Nix could – Maybe break away in that Heisman race. Uh, the leader is actually Jaden Daniels. Bo Nix the next two weeks could go win it. That's all I'm going to say about that is Bo Nix in the next two weeks, two wins, two really good performances. The Heisman Trophy could be coming back to Eugene. That it could be, Tyler. That it could it be. Very well, well could be. Let's uh, go ahead and pot ourselves back in here. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I I'm, I'm right there in agreement with him. I, I said before the season, I thought this was going to be how, you know, Bo Nix really established himself was this year. And, uh, you know, it started with a win in Seattle and, and getting themselves the PAC 12 championship and, and being a possibility of playing in the college football playoff. I didn't have them in the playoff. I did have them winning in Seattle and winning the rematch in Vegas. They didn't win in Seattle, but I think they're going to make it to uh, Vegas. I think they're going to win. I think they're going to cover. I actually, I, I, I think that this is a, you know, an Oregon team is as much as, as we talk about, you know, the, the civil war, I'm going to call it what it is. It's, it's not whatever they want to call it now. It's always going to be the civil war. I'm tired of it is changing names. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's not, you know, not a callback to the the period of time between 1860 and 1865. This is just what they called the Oregon Oregon State rivalry, and I want to respect it as such. Um, Plus, I that, mean, Oregon was such a big deal at that time period in history anyways. Yeah, yeah. They really, really set the precedent for uh, what would become 
of that conflict. No, wait, I'm sorry. That was California. Huh. Anyway, you study history, you find things out like that. You know, Kansas, Missouri had a little bit of a say in there, but uh, that's, that's beside the point. That's, that's not the, this is not the, uh, the historical podcast. This is a college football podcast and Oregon done, you know, didn't forget what happened last year. Uh, That, that is historic to them because, you know, it's a historic bruise to their ego. And, you know, they, they have been in this spot multiple times now. Uh, last year, they just missed out on going to Vegas because they lost this game. The year before that, they had two black eyes, courtesy of the Utes. Utah got to go last year. The year before that, they got to go, I think, because of a technicality against USC, and, and they ended up winning. Or or one way or the other, they didn't get to go because of COVID, uh, and, and they didn't end up even getting to play. I, I just can't remember, but you've got to go back, if I'm not mistaken, to Justin Herbert's last year, 2019 the last time that they had as good of a chance to win if they were to make it to the Pac-12 title game. And the scenario he's talking about, if Oregon State were to win and Arizona beats Arizona State, Arizona would go because of the record against common opponents. That's the tiebreaker when you have two teams that finish with the same record in conference play, Oregon being 7-2 and two if they lose this game. Arizona, yes. if they beat Arizona State, would also be 7-2. and two. Both teams would have lost to Washington, but Oregon State would have beaten Oregon while losing to Arizona. There's, yes, that's, leading to the Pac-12 to uh, reinvent the wheel. Not as not as badly as the Big 12. Apparently, we we still might not even know uh, before. Like they might they might be, you know, finding votes from Florida 2000 before we know who's going to play in the, the Big 12 championship. <laughs> Anyway, all that to say, <laughs> we should have named this episode the Tinfoil Hat One. I, you know, this is just just what you get when the when the inmates are left to run the asylum. Or Oregon wins. I think Oregon covers. In fact, I think that Oregon pulls away. I, I really do legitimately believe. Ever since that Oregon uh, loss up in Seattle against the the Huskies, they have been playing laser focused. They are red hot. They're just sharp right now. They're playing right, firing on all cylinders. Oregon State, I mean, I I don't think they're even going to play a sloppy game. I think if, if the, the way that they could win is very similar to how they could have won against the Huskies last week. But I don't think that they're going to be able to shut down this Oregon offense enough times to stay in this game. I think they can keep it competitive. But the way they do offense, they're honestly going to hurt themselves taking more time off the clock with their drives, especially if they are to, you know, if, if, if DJU throws another pick and Oregon's able to capitalize, before you know it, they're up 14 and it feels like it was just 0-0 like 10 seconds ago. I think Oregon wins. I think Oregon ends up covering, actually, but not by much. It's, it's going to be tight. Uh, it, may, it may be one of those late cover plays. Either way, Oregon Washington in the Pac-12 championship, in my book at least. Cam, are you thinking of pulling an upset? I mean, you see it there. Oregon's trying to avoid just the fourth time since we uh, hit the new millennia that they lost to both Oregon State and Washington in the same season. And Oregon State, they've not won back-to-back games against Oregon uh, in like 
16, 17 years. They've, they've not won in Eugene in 16. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I do not have the uh, Beavers winning. Um, like, I, I think, I do think it's going to be an Oregon State cover, though. Um, I think they're able to kind of play their play their game against Oregon. Very few teams are going to be able to do that, but Oregon State's one of the few teams that can line up and be every bit as physical as the Ducks are. And I think because of that, Oregon State is able to cover. I do have Oregon winning, though. I think it winds up being a lower scoring game. I take the under in this one, um, even like Oregon compared to what they've done in the past. They're a little more ball control than they used to be. Um, and I think they're able to do that. Bo Nix has been red hot. Um, and quite frankly, since, since that Washington loss in my mind, Oregon is playing like one of the top four teams in the country. The Ducks have been on fucking fire. You'll find that out uh, after we get through with the the presentation here. Um, Yeah, I know. I'm right there with you. I I agree 100%. It's just to me, there there is a little bit more respect given. We'll we'll talk about that more in in a little bit. But yeah, as a wise man once told me, this offense is not running through Bo Nix. It runs through Bucky Mm -hmm. Irving. And, you know, Bo Nix, even if he is, you know, the one of the leading contenders for the Heisman, you know, that, that to me is just amazing because he's doing all this and he's not even their main source of offense. Obviously, you know, as the quarterback, he's going to have the ball on every play, but it's not something that they are fully relying on him. If he has a bad day, they could probably still win this game. I don't think he's going to have a bad day, but... That being said, it's just one of those things that, you know, I, I think there's a little just too much firepower from this Oregon offense. Yeah, I'm right. Okay. Yeah. All right, so what's next? I suppose it's yeah. uh, it's only the matter of that time. Now we need to yeah. go ahead and... Let's address the elephant in the room. Yeah, let's do it. Oh well, and then there's this game. I didn't didn't think it would be on here. Um, obviously, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Michigan's not won yeah, three straight over Ohio funny. State since 1995, but 1996 and 1997. Um, this is going to be what the game of the century in 06 was in my mind. Um, except it's going to be lower scoring. I think this is these are two offenses that are not overly great i think that um they have great players and great pieces to them uh for michigan i think blake Forum and donovan edwards are a great one-two punch that are going to have it similar successes once again in 2023 to what they had last year in 2022 and even to the run game in 2021 with uh hassan haskins and blake Forum. on henderson and this Ohio State running attack is probably going to be similar. They're going to have a pretty solid game as well. I think that the offensive lines are good, but not great uh, on both sides of the ball. The defensive lines are stellar on both sides. The linebackers are really good too. I'm thinking this is going to be a really low scoring game. If I were to bet anything, which I don't recommend on this one, I'm taking the under 46 and a half. 
um, in this game. I'm not betting online whatsoever. I wouldn't even touch it. At the end of the day, I got to rep the team that I guess I'm a fan of, but at the same time, I I genuinely believe the home field advantage is going to be the most important part of this football game. I think Michigan's going to win. I don't think there's going to be a cover. Uh, at least I, somebody's going to probably cover it. Either Ohio State's going to cover three, it's going to push at three, or um, Michigan wins and covers and, and does what they've done the last two years. The only likely scenario is an Ohio State cover or a really close football game. I don't know what I don't know what the overall outcome is going to be. I'm not going to act like I do. I think this game is going to be a, te- a race to 20. First team to hit 20 is probably going to win the football game. But we've seen crazier things happen. I think this is going to be, if anybody hits 20 too, I mean, this could be a 17-14, 17-13 type of game. We don't know. And that's the craziest part of this whole thing. Michigan, everybody's hearing what they're, what people are saying. Can they win without Jim Harbaugh? They haven't been really impressive the last two weeks. Are they going to be able to go in and beat Ohio State? I know everybody here's everybody Ohio State. Here's what they're saying: Well, can you beat Michigan? You you've lost two in a row to them. You know, are you going to be able to go on the road and, and get the win? And not only that, there's the added pressure from the allegations pressed against the Michigan Wolverines and the sign stealing debacle. And while that's a shame, that's going to hang over what should be a really good football game. It's a part of the story of this 2023 college football season, and the story of the season cannot be told without that in some way, shape, or form. Jim Harbaugh has missed six games, and for Michigan, this is the only way they make the playoffs is by losing this game close without Jim Harbaugh. That might be their only way. Or they win the game, and then they're 100% in the playoffs. Those are your two options if you're Michigan. If you're Ohio State, you can go into this game and you can lose and still be in the conversation for the college football playoff. It really is that simple. And the way it's that simple is a handful of things. Florida state probably needs to lose one of the next two games. I think Florida state has a path to still be in the playoff, but it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be interesting, but I think there's a path behind Florida state. You have Texas who beat Alabama, who if they're the big tall champions, they're definitely going to get in. It's in some way, shape, or form. And then there's Alabama and Georgia. Whoever wins that game is probably in. Whoever loses is probably going home. You have those things to contend with. And then you've got to contend with Ohio State, a close loss in Ann Arbor. Say this game goes to overtime or Michigan wins the last second field goal or even if they just lose by three to seven. Then Ohio State's in this conversation too to be in the cultural playoff. On top of Oregon and Washington, and whatever may happen in the Oregon-Washington fiasco, say Oregon loses, gets to the the, the Pac-12 championship, and beats Washington. Washington would be out. Or Arizona goes to the Pac-12 championship and beats Washington in a rematch. Washington would be out. A lot of paths here, and none of them this like and none of them don't include Ohio State or Michigan in the playoffs. But the only way to guarantee that you're in, you win this game, and then you go play Iowa in the Big Ten championship and likely get the win. Now, I'm not saying it's a foregone conclusion because there's plenty more to be had from that. But those are just your options here. I'm taking Michigan at home. I think that's the biggest thing for it is the the home field advantage of this game. It's going to be a great game. I'm excited to watch it. I'm nervous as hell as a fan, but I'm excited as hell as a college football fan as a whole. I hope you guys were able to enjoy I didn't realize you were going to – whoa, 
Didn't realize oh, you were gonna. Sorry. What are we doing, Cam? We're we doing? we're both a little too on the same page here. Okay. All right, <laughs> all right. I. Whoa, 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 whoa! Just relax. Lawless. Just relax. I I thought we were gonna let him finish whatever he was gonna say there to to end it, but I, I, um, it was just gonna be the same old generic. Thanks for watching. Well, and I was going to say, and he's got a couple of other things that he was able to record for us uh, last night for the show. Again, if you're just tuning in, uh, Tyler is on his uh, on his way home, so he's on the road and not able to, to pop in and, and be here with Cam and I live, but he was nice enough to, to give us something that we could play, especially with how big these matchups are we want to talk about this week. One thing that he didn't know about, Cam, and I'm really interested to see what comes of this, if anything. You know of a site called Eleven Warriors, by chance? I've heard of it. I try not to frequent any uh, fan forums, though. Like, e so, even uh, my own. <laughs> understandable. I think it's interesting. I, I just saw this pop up on my time timeline. Uh, Eleven Warriors reportedly has... Uh, gotten access to the credential list from the CMU Michigan state game earlier this year that mm -hmm. uh, Connor Stallions is alleged Very to have attended. Controversial. Now Connor Stallions, his name is not on there. So either he has a pseudonym or an alias that he used as part of uh, to get the credential and be a part of the CMU staff or somebody who did not go or, or, Something along those lines gave him the uh, the pass that ended up mm -hmm. allowing him the access he got. You know that that has been you know, I, seen on on film. So again, another wrinkle to add in this week of weeks. I, I, I of, hope. <laughs> I hope the act the the pseudonym is something like Seymour Butts or something oh, like man. that. Well, you know, if it's if it's if it's something like JJ Brady, I think you're probably going to be able to figure out who. Uh, oh yeah, who, who like, might be? He, that would be a little too on the nose. Or, or Tom McNamara or something. I, I don't know. I'm, what if what if there actually is like some real legitimately named person oh, who's a part of the Christ. staff, and everybody's <laughs> thinking that that's the pseudonym for Connor Stallions. Anyway, so of all the nights, of all the weeks to drop that information, of course, of course it would come out. Yeah. It, Eve it, of Thanksgiving rivalry week, Michigan and Ohio State. But that's a that's a little bit away from the sport of the actual game itself. It, it is one of the many, many layers and levels and complexities of this matchup, though, this year. As, as Tyler was talking about, just from the pure perspective of, of the two teams facing off on the field, there's enough intrigue and drama as it is between these two. There's a lot of doubts, Cam. There's a lot of doubts about this Ohio State team because they have not looked like a top four team at times this year. You go back and, and look, and you know they've got the great road win against Notre Dame. Well, you can easily put the kibosh in that. They were trailing under five minutes to go. They get a late touchdown, and then if they had, you know, the one person more on, on defense, if you're Notre Dame, it's possible that that is a loss. And we're not talking about two versus three. You've got the great performance at home against Penn State. Well, I mean, you know, they 
they had their chances to really open the door and and be a bit more impressive. They were they were really kiboshed by Penn State's defense. Mm-hmm. Yet, at the end of the day, Ohio State has something that no other team can say they've got, and that's Marvin Harrison Jr. And yes, I know there's been some great receivers. We just talked a little bit about Troy Franklin earlier. We talked about Keon Coleman as a possibility to win the Bilitnikov. Jaden Daniels, fantastic receiver down at LSU. I, I still think Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best receiver in the country. And this is really how he goes, is how this Ohio State offense is going to go. I, I think way, Michigan at LSU, you mean Malik Neighbors. What did I say? You said Jaden Daniels. Well, he's also at LSU, but yes, I mean Malik Neighbors. He's a fantastic quarterback. Now, now if Malik (laughs) Neighbors throws a pass to Jane Daniels, I will stand by everything I just said, even though I meant Malik Neighbors. He's Uh, the GOAT. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's that's for later anyway. Hey, I get on these rolls and something just misfires. It's it's happens. It's been a long day. Yes, yes, it has. (laughs) Michigan has the ability to take away the Ohio State rushing attack. If, if as as struggle as it has been at times for Ohio State with all the injuries they've had, Trayvon Henderson is back. You know, I think they've. I think Mayan Williams is still out. Trip Trainum is is back. One of those two. They're, they're, the, those two that are backing up Trayvon Henderson uh, have been battling injuries all year. They, the Ohio State running back mm-hmm. room itself, as in the entirety, has been battling injuries all year. And then on the other side, you look at Michigan, you look at all the talent they've got offensively, defensively. You look at what they've been able to do. And it, it is tough to to say, you know, that Michigan, be, especially being at home, doesn't have the edge in this contest. You know, the last two years, there's been some doubt about Michigan. And they came out and they proved that, the, you know, the doubt was, was unwarranted. I don't know how much of that you can attribute to you know, Connor Stallions, I, I don't know. I, you know, there's people that think that it's all because of what Connor Stallions did. There's some that say, probably rightfully so, even if you know what's coming, you still got to stop it. And Michigan's got talented players that have proven that they're able to stop it. Oh, man. It's it's one of those yeah. games that <laughs> I, I, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to pick either way because this, I, this is what this rivalry comes down to. This game is the perfect exemplification. You have two, two of the greatest programs in college football history, and they're both, they're both top, top four teams in the country for a reason. Yeah. And, um, and Tyler, yeah. Tyler's absolutely right. Mm-hmm. If Michigan wins this game and it's close all throughout, or if it's an overtime mm-hmm. game, Ohio State's but, not out of the discussion for the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I think that Ohio State, but, but both of these given teams, the both of these teams, if they lose this game, there are paths. Michigan's less so. I, I really think yeah. that Ohio State's strength of, of record and resume is what would give them the edge. Mm-hmm. It was similar to last year, if, if they were to lose this game, Michigan, you know, not to anything to their disadvantage. I mean, UNLV is, is really a, a diamond in the rough for them this year. They're, they've got to be, you know, like, Oh, thank you. Thank you for, for being nine and two at this point and possibility of 
of being a, an 11 and two conference champion, potentially. They sacrificed the right group of five squad. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, you look at it, Bowling Green is, is a bowling team. Mm-hmm. No pun intended. UNLV is a, is a team that's got a chance to play for a Mountain West title. I mean, ECU, you thought was going to be the best of the three coming into this year, and, and they've been a yeah. real disappointment. Turns out that was a lie. Yeah. I've been back and forth on this. I will continue to be back and forth on this because one day I could wake up and I could say, go blue. One day I could wake up and, and say, you know, OH. The other day I could, you know, wake up and say, uh, you know, hail to the victor's valiant. On Saturday... I'm going to go – how am I going to go? That's a good question. I'm, I'm going to go with the best player on the field wins this game somehow, some way. That's Marvin Harrison Jr. Give me the Buckeyes. That's all I can say because I just don't know. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. all I can say. I just yeah, – I think I at the end of the day, it's – you just throw it up to 18. Let him make plays. Mm-hmm. See if Michigan can take it away. They've been good about that the last couple of years in limiting what Ohio State's receivers, mm-hmm. all the talented receivers they've had the last few years, with you know going and and throwing to Jackson Smith and Jigba last year and how how great of a game he had uh, two years ago, I should say, because he didn't play last year. But like, you know you had Garrett Wilson, you've had Amika Buka, you had. Uh, Chris Olave, you know, the, the names go on and on. Cade Stover is, is going to have a fantastic – needs to have a fantastic game for them to win. But at the end of the day, when he's in trouble, Kyle McCord, he's going to go to 18. And I think 18 is, is what's going to win them the game. I, I think Ohio State wins it with a late touchdown that gives them a three-point win. Yeah. I'll take the Buckeyes. Just as if for nothing else, just to be different because there's a lot of people – Maybe rightfully so. Let's say Michigan, they should win this game. And I know I'm picking against my preseason national champion pick. I mean, it, it feels weird, but I don't know. Just to be different, I suppose. Yeah. Give me the Buckeyes. Yeah. Um, both of these both of these teams all year have played outstanding on both sides of the ball. You're 100% right. Marv is the best player on the field anytime he touches that field. And it quite frankly, it's not close in most cases. Uh, my God. <laughs> You're 100% correct, though. This is a back and forth all week. Will be until noon Eastern time, Saturday morning, when this game kicks off. All week, though, I something's been telling me Ohio State's going to win this game. I like, I, I like that defense a lot. That's one of the few defenses in the country that has a shot on any given day to slow down this Michigan offense. Um, we. I, I just I just lean towards Ohio State. The depth at receiver is scary. Like even though Michigan's defensive backs have played great this year, um, it says a lot if your 
third string wide receiver blanked on his name can start damn near anywhere else in the country as as, as a true number one. But contrary to so, what some may think, I am not a Michigan fan in sheep's clothing. Um, give me, give me, give me the Ohio State Buckeyes. Like I, I've been, like there's just something this week that I'm just like, you know, Buckeyes win. All right, hey, I mean. This is this is literally, I think, this is the toughest game that we've been mm-hmm. had to pick all year long. Um, and there's no no right or wrong right now. There will be come Saturday at about four o'clock Eastern or so. But anyway, uh, mm-hmm. all right. So we did get there at Loudmouth Top Twenty Five. Uh, I'm going to try to see if we can get this to be a way that we can present it. Now, you may have to kind of help me out, but here it is. We'll put it on the screen. Uh, We'll go from the top to the bottom. It starts off with Georgia at number one, ahead of both Michigan and Ohio State at two and three. Washington is in the top four as they are in the playoff committee rankings as well. But Oregon at five and Texas at six are both ahead of an undefeated Florida State at seven. I think that has something to do with my good buddy sitting over to the right of me on screen, at least. Cam, you want to you want to explain? I, I get why. I get why you you have certain things the way you do. You're going based off of how they've played, regardless of the number of losses they have. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you uh, still uh, have to respect that Florida State has this has a, a little zero right here, the zero in the loss column. I, I do respect that. Like I, I still think Florida State is a top ten team, um, and I know games are played on the field. I, I just, like, Florida State's been kind of playing with fire, even with Jordan Travis. Um, this week's a big rivalry game. Like, I... and That may end up in another segment later yeah. on. And uh, I... It's so unfortunate that Jordan Travis is now He's done. questionable. No. Um, he, uh, he said he said on social media his, his okay over. Yeah. so he, he's like, he's done that and like that also was Graham Mertz is also done for the year uh, oh, with his yeah. collarbone injury yeah yeah that he suffered but, against Missouri but yeah so you, like, you, you get the battle of the backups in uh, yeah. in the swamp on Saturday night mm-hmm. so like because of that given the scenario I do think Florida State does win um, that game but. Even then, I don't know, just because we've seen Florida State struggle this year at times. And I, without Travis, I don't see them as one of the top four teams in my mind. Like, that that offense was fortunate to lose him against North Alabama. 
I, in the grand scheme of things, because like let's say that this would have happened against Pitt, for instance, when they were struggling, or or one of the other ACC games where they've kind of flirted with disaster. So you're you're meaning more like the Virginia like, Techs or the Boston College? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or even if they like, lost them against Clemson, for instance. Or Clemson, yeah. Like that could have been a huge difference maker there. Yeah. Um, and so the fact that they were able to get the backup in, get actual game reps, but against a lower team, like in that sense, like I mean, I get trying, what you're trying I, to find the positive of the no, I, I, of, I go of, I get the, what you're going for. I you know, trying to find the, the sliver of, of of optimism in, in a, a, mm-hmm. just a terrible situation. I, I know what you're saying. I know mm-hmm. that it is one of those things. I know that was time, a shitty way to word it, but hey, if, if anything else, I've, I've come to expect mm-hmm. that with you. I'm, yeah. I'm totally, totally kidding. Totally kidding. Um, no, it, it, the thing about it is this, that, yeah, I had Florida yeah. state at five. I had Washington ahead of them, but even though I feel like Oregon is a better team right now than Florida state, mm-hmm. I still respect that zero in the loss column until that changes. I can't put Oregon ahead of of Florida state. I I just, I don't think I can. At the same time, I totally understand that. And I totally get and respect that. Like, like I, like, I don't know. Like it's like, just because I don't view them as one of the best teams in the country. Now I am willing to drop them a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I'm, um, I'm that, they're, that they're, being said, I I am willing to be convinced wrong. Like, yeah, you, well, and and like you like you said, we've we, you know this for Florida State. This the season comes down to this these next two weeks. You know, you have Tate Roadmaker has two weeks. He's got the, the reps starting with this week to be the starter at Florida on Saturday, and he's got the reps mm-hmm. with the first team all next week to get ready for Charlotte and the ACC championship against Louisville. Mm-hmm. If they can make it through those two games, they're going to be in. They're going to be in whether they, whether whether they should be or not. You know, it, it, that's one of the things. At the end of the day, is this this team? As many people talked about, 2014 FSU not being as good as as 2013 was. They were still undefeated. They had a lot of close scares, more so than than they've had this year. I think that's what people forget about that that first playoff is that Florida State. Yeah, they were undefeated, but man, they, they had, that's why they were third because they were not the same team that they had been the year before. And that's arguably, you could say why Oregon ran them off the field in the Rose bowl that year. This Florida state team is good. They've got a lot of talent. It sucks. What happened to Jordan Travis? I went, I put Washington ahead because of the resume alone. It hadn't, they, yeah. in fact, I think Washington went before that I had them just ahead after the, the win over Utah. And then the Oregon State win solidified that spot ahead of, of, of Florida State in my mind. That doesn't mean that I'm, I'm I, even though I like Oregon it better in terms of at what I've seen from them, and, and I think they're a more complete team. I think they're a better team. I think if the two played, the Oregon would win. I, I still have to respect that Florida State has not lost I, yet. Yeah, and I and I will say like there are arguments for all. All the teams that I've got four through eight, like there, like yeah. they are all right there on the precipice of four. And I, I definitely like 
going to pay attention this week to all four of those teams, see how they play. For sure. See. Uh, and like and like I said, Florida State, like I I am totally willing to be convinced I'm wrong. However, at the same time, the way that it stands right now, it it's super unfortunate, but Jordan Travis being out is the difference in my mind. Like to make them one but you of the have, top five. Did you have, also have Oregon ahead of Washington despite the head-to-head loss? I I have what, a few weeks Oregon now. You know that. I, I do have four, Oregon at four. And that's that's just because like I do think Oregon's one of the top four teams in the country. I think there's an argument that Oregon right now is playing the second best football in the country, quite frankly. Like I mm-hmm. Like I, that's how highly I think of Oregon right now. And okay. like, it, it, and then you've got Texas right behind them at five. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So your, your fourth through eight goes Oregon, Texas, Florida state, and then, or Washington, I should say. And then Florida state, Alabama. I have Washington. I have Alabama, Washington, Florida state. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So Alabama is eight in our rankings. You have them at six. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Louisville getting a little bit more respect from us with the one loss uh, than the Mizzou Tigers. And so nine and 10 in that order. Then you've got Penn State, Ole Miss, or uh, well, what the heck was I saying there? Penn State, Ole Miss, Oklahoma, and then Arizona, Oregon State are 14, 15, Arizona ahead probably because of the head-to-head advantage. I like that. I, I'm glad that the polling worked out that way. Oklahoma Believe State's it or 16. not. Go for it. Believe it or not, I think I actually have Arizona the highest. Believe it or not. Where do you have Arizona? 11? I have them at 11. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, threw, I, think, I threw that out as a random number, honestly. Yeah. I think right now they are playing some of the best teams but best football in the country. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I really hope they lose on Saturday. But... <laughs> I mean, that's both right and wrong. I had Arizona at 15, so it, it's okay, yeah. right right around. Um, I don't know if Tyler had them way down a little bit or if it just worked out that way. Uh, Oklahoma State 16, Tulane 17, which I think is, is a, a lot better than where the committees placed them especially with their one loss just being the Ole Miss at home without Michael Pratt. I, I don't know why mm-hmm. committee continues to, you know, belittle the group of five teams. You're, you're going to see a little bit more love for the G5 around these parts. 18 is LSU. 19 is Notre Dame. Kansas State comes in in the 20th spot ahead of a two-loss Iowa team. I'm not sure that I – well, I, I guess I do I kind of agree because the, the, the three losses for Kansas State are – probably better than I was looked at any point this year uh, as much yeah, as I was going to say, I do think Kansas state is still the better team. Yeah. I um, JMU at 22, despite having just lost last week, they don't fall out of our top 25 SMU cracks in at 23. Look at that ponies in there. Their only two losses are to uh, Oklahoma 13 and to the other P5 team that they faced who is uh, not in our top 25 this week. Kansas. Kansas stayed in despite losing 
I think that's in large part because they're on their third string quarterback and they were leading by 11 in the second half against Kansas State last week at home. I, I think that this is still a really solid team that should be in the discussion. That, you know, I Kansas is the only four loss team in our top 25 over Utah, over Clemson, over Tennessee. And Kansas has a really legitimate argument, especially with how many injuries they've had. Utah can can be considered in that in that same you know sphere as well, but Kansas gets the edge just because. I mean, you look at the Oklahoma State, Kansas State. They've got the win over Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Kansas has a loss to Texas. All three of those teams are in Eight. the top twenty-five. Their only other loss, if I'm not mistaken, and you can remind me. Um, I will pull that. Up. Yeah, and I'm just I, see Texas, Oklahoma State. Kansas State, and they lost to whom else did they lose to? Because they're not eight and three. No, they're not. They needed to beat Kansas State. They're seven and four on the year. And they needed to. Let's see. Because who else did they lose to? It's a it's a fourth conference loss. Um, trying to remember who they played. Yeah, their their fourth conference loss is Texas Tech. That's right. Yeah, the the game that like. Old Ballard played uh, because Jason Bean got knocked out. He was not, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't get the week of reps with, with the first teamers. That's mm-hmm. understandable. And that was a close game that came down to a walk-off field goal. You're, you're mm-hmm. absolutely right. Yeah. And, and then really you know, outside of that Texas game. And, and at that point, Texas was playing like one of the top teams in the country. Like, and they still, they still have been, I mean, they, they still they've gotten have into, been, but they've gotten into a little bit of, of mm-hmm. some, trouble spots but they're they mm-hmm. you know withstood them and and mm-hmm. you know i think but that this is texas was like it, it's understandable to lose to texas yeah like that. and you know you know v is 25 uh mm-hmm. the thing for kansas you know the, the, or well texas rather um you know tyler and i were talking about this i think we were i can't remember if we were on the show or if we were just talking about them off air or may have been on the phone one day Texas is so talented this year. They get in these positions where they feel like they are far and away better and they kind of coast. They, they get into the, the mode where they, they think that they're okay, that they can, you know, they, they're, they're good regardless of what happens. They're, they're still going to win. And that's not always necessarily the case. Now they haven't been gotten outside of Oklahoma, but Oklahoma also, you know, was back and forth competitive. Texas never really got up big in that game and then squandered it. So, I mean, not the 2021 game or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I I just, I mean, you look at how, how good they've been, especially in the trenches and they, they do have, you know, they can think that way a little bit, but if they don't, you know, shore it up, especially here in these last two weeks, it will cost them and it will cost them a playoff spot potentially, uh, which we can, I mean, there's, so much to decide between now and then there's so much that we'll discuss and so much can change that, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's really interesting. Fine but, for four start for, I mean, four yeah, spots. you're, and you're talking all, and they all have extremely compelling arguments. I mean, I think you're talking about the top nine, although mm-hmm. probably not nine in our poll. Yeah, I was going to say the top nine are still alive. Yeah. in theory, to be in the college football playoff. I think if, if out of those, though, I, I mean, and then that's the thing is that you can't eliminate Florida State even without, uh, you know, Jordan Travis because then 
even with a loss, they didn't have Jordan Travis. So the argument could be made that, you know, they could still somehow find their way in. I, I think you cut it off at nine. I think those teams are still alive. I think seven and nine in our poll, uh, five and 10, if I'm not mistaken, in the college football playoff poll are, you know, they, they can get in, but it's, it's going to take we'll some, yeah, and and yeah. I think you look at what Michigan Ohio State. There's going to be a team that loses, unless Tyler says like his you know doomsday scenario, where they it's a close game or they lose in overtime or whoever, you know probably could still put the loser of Michigan Ohio State ahead of Florida State, and of course ahead of Louisville for sure. But I, I don't know. It's it's going to be fascinating to see um, what's going to come down to it at the end of the day. So. Uh, we're going to shift gears. We're going to go into our personal segments. Cam, let's start with you. What is the best group of five game of the week? We talked about UTSA Tulane. I'm not going to let you talk about it again as the best game of the week. You know, obviously there's so much to decide with that contest. Is there any other matchups you're looking at in terms of around the group of five ranks? Uh, the, the FCS playoffs start this week. The mm-hmm. D2 playoffs started last week as well as the D3. So we're yeah. we're getting closer to – uh, We're getting all sorts of football. Yeah. Here. Um, what are you looking at group of five-wise this week, my friend? Um, let's see. I'll be a son of a gun. Air, well, Air Force Boise State's a pretty big game in the Mountain West. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of the group of five conferences pretty well in place with what has to happen. Um, we already went over the scenarios for the AAC. Um, Mac mm-hmm. is pretty much locked down. Um, Sunbelt, pretty solid idea yeah. of what's going I was, on. Because I was just saying. CAA rulings and yeah, stuff. So, so the Mac Mac is locked in. I, I think we were talking about this last night. Toledo yeah. and Miami of Ohio are going to play. Sun Belt is interesting because there's with with JMU still ineligible uh, because mm-hmm. their waiver was denied. They are, uh, and I think they're they suspended their lawsuit or something like that. Now that they've lost, yeah. and they're not eligible potentially to be a uh, G five champion to be in, in the discussion for the new yeah. year six bowl. Um, so, so they're, they're pretty much conceding and they're going to take the waiver uh, when, when the, or not the waiver, but they're going to be uh, able to get in because there won't be enough six yeah. teams. I just you know, don't think we've seen a few, but um, anyway, go, uh, continue on because yeah. the, we'll, we'll talk about it when you, you yeah. get your match. Yeah, and the Sun Belt East comes down to what happens right now. App State owns tiebreaker, and or Coastal Carolina owns tiebreaker over App State. However, mm-hmm. if Coastal loses and App State wins, App State wins the East, but yeah. they're not playing head to head. That would have been damn good if they had done that. Sun Belt did not think ahead there. Uh-huh. Um, but because this has direct. Oh no, come on. <laughs> Every time right in the big middle. Um, um, 
but because this game specifically has direct ties to who goes to the Mountain West title game, I'm going with Air Force at Boise State on Friday night. Yeah. Friday that's, after. That's, that's a huge one. Yeah. Because both those teams are five and two yeah. in the Mountain West. Yeah. If Boise and, wins. They they wind up going, um, barring a miracle from San Jose State and face off against UNLV. Air Force wins. It, it's pretty much a loser loser leads town matchup. So Yeah. It, it sounds like it. I mean, you've got UNLV six and one. San Jose State is in theory still alive after they've won five in a row. And think about this Air Force, they were eight 0 at one point. If they don't win this game, they're not gonna be at playing for the Mountain West Championship. Yeah. Uh, and they will have started they would have fallen to eight and four after starting off eight 0 It's been a just not a November to remember for, for the Academy. Thank God uh, they don't have um Navy's athletic director. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you're I think you're right on the money. Um yeah, so you were talking about the Sun Belt and coming down to mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and and Coastal deciding who will go. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if if App State does beat Georgia Southern, then and and JMU beats Coastal, then yeah. they would face Troy. And if Coastal beats JMU, regardless of what App does, Coastal goes to the Sun Belt title, and it would be played. I believe at Troy yet again. It would be coastal at Troy yes. a year in Rome. Uh, yeah. So, but yeah, the Mountain West looks like that's all still up in the air. Uh, mm-hmm. The Max locked in. Conference USA is locked in with Liberty hosting mm-hmm. New Mexico State, and uh, the American, I believe, is is that that in. we've known for like a week and a half as far as the CUSA goes. Yeah, American will be locked in in theory, as early as Friday afternoon, Friday evening, mm-hmm. uh, but no later than, than Saturday afternoon with uh, the Tulane UTSA game and the SMU Navy game. All right. Well, good stuff, Cam. That's a good look at G5 game, and there's a lot to keep an eye on. Uh, you've got – we talked about UTSA Tulane. That's 3.30 on Friday on ABC. SMU hosting Navy is a noon Eastern game on ESPN2. But those uh, big Mountain West matchups that you were talking about, Cam, the uh, Air Force Boise is 4 p.m. Eastern on Friday, FS1. Mm-hmm. And San Jose State is playing UNLV at 3 Eastern. And is this game on the Mountain West channel? It doesn't say, doesn't say where this one's being broadcast. Which For is Boise... No, no, San Jose State and UNLV. Oh, San Jose State UNLV. I don't know. I will look that up. All right. Well, while you do, we'll go ahead and we'll talk about the best games of the week. Well, we're going to start our pigskin look around the week that is on Thursday night. It's This is where Lone Star Showdown, Lone Star Shootout should be, Texas, Texas A&M, where it will hopefully be next year. But why not enjoy one more year of Egg Bowl on Thursday night? And you can dual screen some NFL action in with that big San Francisco-Seattle game. This is a college football podcast, though, so we will be talking about the college football that's going on this weekend as opposed to the NFL. Well, within reason, of course. Uh, But, yeah, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, you never know what you're going to see in the Egg Bowl. A couple years ago was 
old piss and the uh, the, <laughs> the the dog squat that ended up costing them the uh, the win in Starkville uh, last year. Ole Miss was a big such favorite. a stupid, such a stupid. Yeah, uh, last year Ole Miss was a big favorite at home. Ended up losing. We didn't know at the time. That was Mike Leach's final career win. Um, so I wonder if there will be a, a big. You know, I know they've been doing some some tributes and, and honors of of him this year. I don't know if they've got anything in store, especially now that uh, they they got rid of Zach Arnett. I don't know what what their their plans are for the future, but um, I hope that they at least you know have kind of a flashback look because that does mean something to to some folks still, especially in Starkville, especially around here, these parts, mm-hmm. out in Lubbock, out in Pullman, Washington. That goes without saying. Um, we're going to head to Friday. I was already locked up the Big Ten, but Nebraska still needs a win to clinch some bowl eligibility. Is Iowa really still playing for anything at this point? That remains to be seen. Nebraska's favorite at home. That may just be because it's their, you know, their home effort. But if I'm not mistaken, Cam, and I'll, I'll double check on this. I know you're double checking on something as well. But if I'm not mistaken. Iowa has not lost to Nebraska in quite a while. Well, I can't say that because they lost last year. It's on the Fubo Sports Network, by the way. The Fubo Sports Network? Yeah. What are we doing here? Bootlegs it is. I I was about to I hope you're (laughs) joking with me now. No, no, I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if it's simulcast on, like, that or um stadium stadium does a lot of stuff with the mountain west you know that's one thing i haven't even i don't think i've seen a game on stadium this year you know i, I that used to be like such a big part of the the csa the last couple of years but yeah I, yeah I can't remember if i've, I've I noticed that they've done state. yeah i've noticed that they've done less and less um yeah on like facebook and twitter like the way that they did for a few years there yeah, um, that's fair. Like now that they've got their own independent channel over the air, um, like they focus more on that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Nebraska two and a half point home favorite. They're trying to win back to back games against the Hawkeyes. But Iowa wants a little bit of revenge. And wouldn't it just, you know, tickle their twine to see them knock Nebraska out of contention for bowl game yet again? Last time that Nebraska won in Lincoln. You got to go all the way back to 2011, the first year that they were in oh, the Big crap. Ten. Iowa has won every time in Lincoln since then, every odd year. Uh, but Nebraska, they've won twice in that span. Actually, they've won three times in Iowa City in that span, 2012, 2014, and last year. So a little bit of revenge that I'm sure is wanted by the, the Hawkeyes for what happened last year that ended up ruining their chances of going to Indianapolis, it would have been the second straight year then. They've been back, or they're going back this year. It would be three straight appearances had it not been for that. Uh, looking else around the rest of the Friday slate of games, Oklahoma's hosting TCU. Oklahoma needs a win to stay alive for Big 12 championship consideration. They need some help. I think they need Texas to win and Oklahoma State to lose in order to get there. The Big 12 rules are a little fuzzy. We'll Make sure if we can find that. Can you find the clarification that RJ sent in the chat earlier this week? Uh, 
if we can, then I can go through that uh, before the end of this uh, episode at the very least. Oklahoma's a 10-point favorite at home against TCU. Texas is hosting Texas Tech. They're a two-touchdown favorite at home as both of those teams host their final, final home games as members of the Big 12 Conference, regardless of you know if they're in Arlington next week or playing a bowl game. This is the last one for both of these squads at home as members of the Big 12 Conference. Uh, let's look at what else we've got. Uh, eh, I'm not going to... Yeah, I'd say battle line, but Arkansas is not really in a position to, I think, to win this game. So Missouri, in all likelihood, with a win, they would solidify their spot in the New Year's Six over the Razorbacks. That's the afternoon game on CBS. We talked about Cam with Air Force Boise. Talked about Oregon State and Oregon. This is interesting to me that we get the clean old-fashioned hate as a night game, Georgia and Georgia Tech. Georgia has a chance to set an SEC record for most consecutive wins by an SEC team. Uh, they tied it last week with their uh, win at Tennessee. They've got a chance to break that record when they go to uh, Techwood and go play at Bobby Dodd. I'm not seeing it, by the way. Not seeing it in the chat? No, I tried looking it up. Look, look in the look in the pick'em under media. It should be in there. Uh, maybe on Monday is when he sent that. I'm not sure. It's, it's either Sunday night or Monday. I think he sent it as an addendum. If if I if you can't find it, I'll look it up and I'll see if I can read it off. Uh, Louisville and Kentucky, the Governor's Cup. Louisville trying to go into the uh, ACC town game next week with an 11 and one mark and keep their remote remote chances of being in the playoffs alive. Um, looking at what else we've got, UCF trying to stay alive for a bowl game. They host Houston. You kind of got the battle of the space sports with Houston and Orlando. Uh, I think that's kind of funny. Looking around at what else we've got, there's some, just some kind of eh, matchups this year. You know, normally you'd say that, Rivalry week should be, you know, one of the most exciting. And it is. There's some great matchups we talked about. Iron Bowl, that's always worth watching. But I don't know if I think Auburn's going to pull off the Jordan-Hare magic. You know, it, that's one of those games that you throw the records out the window. But even still, you've got to keep your expectations within reason. Uh, that'll be the last game, the last SEC regular season game on CBS. they got the SEC championship next week. And then the SEC probably not ever going to be on. CBS ever again, unless they travel to a big 10 team. Um, mm-hmm. Cam, I'll make an exception for the territorial cup just because of the possibility of an Oregon state win Friday night. We'll know by, by the time that uh, we get to college game day, obviously, but you know, obviously before they kick off uh, whether Arizona, Arizona state is for more than just bragging rights in the state of Arizona, uh, Oklahoma state, if they beat BYU, they're going to the, uh, Big 12 championship. Wisconsin and Minnesota. Minnesota needs a win for bowl eligibility themselves. They've won back-to-back games against Wisconsin. I'm not sure the last time that happened because for a long time, Wisconsin, I think they won like 14 in a row over the Golden Gophers. So if, if Minnesota could find a way to pull off yet another upset and uh, get to a bowl game because they beat Wisconsin. Okay, I found it. 
All right, sounds good. Uh, the last time that Minnesota won three straight games, let's see if we can find it very quickly. The last time they won three straight games was actually during a span that they won four, 1984 to 1987. Um, funny, funny enough, with their back-to-back -back wins, the winner of this contest takes the all-time series lead as the two teams are tied, 62 wins apiece and eight ties, 62, 62, and eight. Uh, so always something to watch in Big Ten country. That's 330 Eastern on FS1. Virginia Tech needs a win to go to a bowl game. They're playing at Virginia. We're finally getting the um, – this, this is the Commonwealth Cup, right? Yes, the Commonwealth Cup. Yeah. Virginia's lost 17 of the last 18 against Virginia Tech, by the way. Mm -hmm. And we all remember the, I think it was 2019, the year that Virginia finally won. The students stormed the field. They got to go to the ACC title game in uh, in Charlotte. It was, it was a fun, fun memory for sure. Uh, the Apple Cup from Washington State pull off a stunner and get themselves into bowl eligibility. I don't know. In fact, that I, would be the stunner of all stunners. <laughs> yeah. I think I'd rather watch if I'm watching a game in that time slot. This is a, K, a G5 game. I'm surprised you didn't mention. I know everything's locked up in the CUSA, but Jacksonville State at New Mexico State. You've yeah, that's a are, very intriguing game. Yeah, 17 yeah. and 6 combined record between the two squads. Uh, I think that's going to be fascinating. South Carolina hosting Clemson. Can they do it again? <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. I get it. I get it. South Carolina is hosting Clemson. Can they do it again? Can they get their sixth win in a year that seemed like it's been just nothing but bumps and bruises? And they've got a chance if they can beat Clemson, who's playing really well as of late, to, to get themselves a, a bowl game bid? We'll find out. That's a primetime SEC network. Farmageddon is primetime on Fox. Kansas State and Iowa State, always a fun one. I was going to say that game always finds a way to find some weird shit. This one, this one's intriguing as well. And I'm, I'm honestly surprised. Uh, North Carolina, North Carolina state. How is NC state eight and three this year? Like in, in all honesty, this just is there is very not, quiet. Eight and three. Yeah. Eight. This is not felt like a, a team that should be eight and three at this point. But I mean, you look at their losses, they got Notre Dame is a, one of their two or one of their three, I should say. Louisville. Steve that was Smith a, can kiss their ass. Louisville at home, who's a top ten team right now, by the way, uh, at, uh, was a three point loss, and then they played at Duke, who was without Riley Leonard, so that might be the most surprising out of all the the three. But at that point, Duke was still considered to be as good as, as they had been in the past. Uh, those are their only losses. They've beaten Clemson at home. They beat Miami at home. And they just won it by a touchdown at Virginia Tech. They're underdogs against North Carolina at home. Uh, and the last couple of matchups between the two have been absolutely crazy that North Carolina State has won. So pick against the Wolf Pack at your own peril. Last but not least, the last game I'm going to talk about for Rivalry Weekend, because UCLA already won their big rivalry game for the Victory Bell last week. They're playing Cal at home. UCLA's favored by nine. Cal. If they win, if they can find a way to pull off the upset, they will also find themselves getting bowl eligibility at six and six. So that's kind of the games that we're not talking about that 
you might want to keep an eye on as we get ready for rivalry week. Yeah. Tell Steve Smith you in the studio, this ain't a basketball school. He can kiss my ass. Oh, hey, Dave Doran. Wow, 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 wow. All right, just just calm down, Dave, all right? Yeah, uh, let's go through this real quick. All right, so scenarios for the football championship. If Oklahoma wins, they remain in with it, or they remain in play with either a win or a loss, apparently. But Texas will clinch both a berth to the championship and the number one seed if they beat Texas Tech. If Texas wins and clinches a spot, the following scenarios apply. Oklahoma State defeating BYU. The Cowboys go, as we talked about. They'll be the two seed against Texas. If Oklahoma beats TCU on Friday and that win is followed by a Texas win and an Oklahoma State loss. So, yes, they do need Texas to win and they need BYU to pull off the upset over Oklahoma State. So, the the two seed. Also, weirdly enough, if Kansas State defeats Iowa State on Saturday following a Texas win and a loss by both Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, Kansas State goes as the two seed. There is still in play even, I saw this, uh, I, I think I told you, Cam, there's a team chaos scenario that Iowa State could get there yes. if all seven of the results happen in the Big 12 the way they need them to go. Uh, that would require a TCU win, uh, a BYU win, Iowa State winning, obviously. I think Texas would have to lose as well. Yeah. Maybe they'd, I, they'd, they'd pretty much need everyone to lose in the Big 12. Yeah, so it says if Texas Tech wins on Friday, no team can clinch a bid till Saturday. Texas could still clinch a berth if two of the three te- two lost teams, Kansas State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, lose on Friday and or Saturday. Texas and the remaining winning team of those three will qualify. If Texas loses on Friday and two or three two lost teams win amongst Kansas State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State on Friday and Saturday, there will be three or four teams tied for both championship berths. Multiple scenarios exist in the circumstance contention on which teams remain in the tiebreaker pool. Yeah, I love that because it's like even if, if team chaos ensues, even we don't know what the fuck is going to happen. So um, if all team right. chaos wins, we yeah. all win. All right. We're going to sh- shoot things over to Tyler. He's got his take five, the best bets of the week right here. All right. As promised, you're seeing me once again. The take five for this week is pretty simple, pretty self-explanatory. I got five teams ready to go for you guys. So let's go ahead and get started with UNLV minus three against San Jose State. I think UNLV is going to win. They're going to improve. They're going to be 10-2 and two and going to the Mountain West Conference Championship game with a lot of momentum. Talk about UNLV for just a second here. This is a team that has not lost a game dating back to... Um, well, just for they, they've won three in a row. They lost Fresno State. I thought they lost. I thought that Fresno State loss was a little earlier in the season. Uh, but their losses include um, are just Michigan and Fresno State, and they were both. Um, the Michigan game was was closer than I think people expected in week two. And you really looked at this UNLV team and thought, okay, maybe they have something, but we'll see. Um, and going throughout the season, they've definitely had something. They were they've been able to beat Wyoming pretty handily, and they they were able to beat Air Force late in that game last Saturday. So I'm excited to see what they've got to do. I take UNLV minus three against San Jose State once again. Pick number two, I'm going to take Toledo minus ten against Central Michigan. They're locked up for Detroit, but I think they're going to try to keep the momentum rolling. 
them and Daquan Finn uh, should be Mac Player of the Year, no doubt. I'm going to take Toledo again, minus 10 over Central Michigan. I'm staying in the Mac. I'm taking the Ohio Bobcats minus 14 against Akron on Saturday. Actually, I believe that game's on Friday. Let me double check that. I think it's a Friday game, and it is. That's a Friday game at noon on CBS Sports Network, and I'm going to take the Bobcats to win. Uh, they are on the road in this game, but Akron, Akron's 2-9. and nine. They're really struggling. Really liking Nathan Rourke and the Bobcats. As a matter of fact, this is kind of a Friday special um, of picks, if you will, because I believe the Toledo uh, Central Michigan game is also at noon on Friday, so that'll be a fun, fun noon slate to be talking about. We move on from that. We'll stay on Friday. Uh, kind of a trend here with the Friday games that we have. They're very good. And I'm going to take Oregon State plus 13.5. Yeah, you told, heard me talk about that earlier uh, in the preview on the scoreboard. And I'm going to talk about it again. I think Oregon State is a good football team. I think they're going to hang around with Oregon more than people expect. And while Oregon may get a late cover, may be the one to ruin this, that's okay. I'm going to go a little bold. I'm going to, I'm going to take Oregon State to cover, but I, I think that's not a bold take at all. I think that's pretty accurate for what everybody else is thinking. Maybe Vegas knows something I don't. I don't know. And then the last one I was going to take is going to be Arizona. Minus 10 and a half against Arizona State. And the biggest reason is Arizona's been rolling. They're looking. They've got a lot to lose in this game. If they lose, they don't get the Pac-12 championship if with an Oregon loss or anything. They need to win that game. So they're going to come in. They're going to play as hard as they can. I already know it. It's also a rivalry game. Arizona minus 10 and a half against Arizona State. Now, if you're looking for anything else, I'm going to take Virginia uh, plus three against Virginia Tech, but I even take Virginia money line. I've loved what they've been able to do. Calandria is a phenomenal quarterback. He's a true freshman, um, and he he's just been amazing. I, I've I've been really impressed with this Virginia team and the improvement that they've shown under Tony Elliott. I'm looking forward to seeing them win. They'll be four and eight with a win, and they would also stop Virginia Tech from a bowl game. That's that's two big wins for for this Virginia football team. I'll tell you that. Maryland and Rutgers is a fun game, but I would stay away from it if I'm being completely honest with you. I'd move up if I wanted to go into Big Ten. I'm going to take Northwestern plus five and a half. Really, really like Northwestern. Um, and what they're able to do, they're, they're six and five. David Braun should be in the conversation for Big Ten Coach of the Year. They're six and five, like I just said. And again, the team that's trying to stop their in-state counterpart, Illinois, from going bowling at a five and seven record rather than going six and six. So you definitely think Northwestern wants to get the win there on Saturday. Um, looking elsewhere for games, I like West Virginia minus eight and a half. I I take them to cover and, and win pretty big. And unfortunately for for some, I think that the Dave Aranda experience is over uh, in Waco after that game. I would take Kansas minus six and a half against Cincinnati. And honestly, I would say the Scott Satterfield experience in Cincinnati should also be over after that game. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to get some time since it is only year one. But it's a pretty big drop off after year one. And the only other one, I, I would say NC State. But if I were to throw that, I'd say money line rather than just plus two and a half. They're, they're looking pretty good. And they get uh, North Carolina at home in Raleigh on Saturday night. And 
that's pretty much it. Missouri minus seven and a half against Arkansas, maybe, but that, that's pretty much it. I'm not going to throw too many more out there. Um, yeah, and I think the only other time I'm going to see you guys tonight is for um, locks and upsets. So I'll have those ready for you guys, and I'll throw them on there at the uh, at the later point in the show. <laughs> that's that's for the Arizona pick. He's been waiting for almost three minutes to do that. Just an FYI, <laughs> just a little behind the scenes peekaboo into the the lives of the loudmouth boys. All right, locks and upsets. That's about all we've got left. We'll start with Tyler. He pre-recorded his. We don't know what he picked, so we're going to be just as surprised as you are. All right, it is time for locks and upsets. Here in the final regular season week of the year, we will do one more, and that's conference championship week. But in the regular season week, this is a chance to lock up that that regular season title and maybe even the overall championship, depending upon how conference championship week goes. So here we go. I'm hoping I pick two that they don't have. If I don't, um, I'm going to give a backup for each, but I think I'm going to pick two that they don't have. So I'm going to go ahead with Helps my we'll let you go first. I'm going to go ahead and say Toledo minus 10 against Central Michigan. Um, you heard it in my take five. It was a no-brainer for me. I had to take Toledo minus 10 against Central Michigan. And then for my upset, I'm going to take Virginia plus three against Virginia Tech. Uh, Virginia plus three is also a no-brainer. I think the money line's a no-brainer, obviously, as to why I'm taking them as an upset. So that's what I'm going to do there. Now, if those two do not work for you guys, if you guys have got I, I'm just going to cut him off because we let him go first. So I don't know what his backup options were. We'll go ahead and log his first choice. Just he even though exist, he's even, though. even though he leads uh, because it's easier for us to keep track of it this way. All right, Cam. So the question now becomes, uh, so you have one more point than I do, but we were both one and one last week uh, going back like three weeks you're you've got three points over the last three i've got two in that span i I mean i don't have a preference if you want to go first i will let you go first i just you know it might give me a little bit more time to find something i like in fact i i was gonna say i'm just polishing off my upset all right well if you've got yours go ahead and uh i'll write them in for you Gonna go a little bold here for upset. Okay. But I will tease you guys with that because I I will go with my lock first. Mm-hmm. My lock, I have the Rice Owls over FAU. They are a four point favorite, and I do think Rice is able to win by at least four with that. FAU, we have seen improvement under Goalish year one, but Rice has also been damn good this year, so not bad right. for a uh, for grain. Anyways, so for my upset, like I said, I'm gonna go a little bold here. Okay, come with me to the city of Boston. I'm gonna go with 
Boston College upsets Miami. Minus 10. Partially to make up some points here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's keep myself alive, but I Boston College has been surprising this year. Jeff Halfley has kind of saved his job. And Miami at times has struggled this year. So I think this is another one where Miami struggles. And we've seen Miami teams in the past struggle with Boston College. So give me the give me the Eagles. Yeah, and see, I mean that's very fair because I at the same time know I need to make up points in order to have a chance. But I mean, there, there's a reason why there's a lot of points. I, I think mean, I might have said um, Miami's an 11-point favorite. They're actually a 10, but I you know, yeah, I have 10, so I wrote 10. Okay, sweet. That's perfectly fine. Just wanted uh, to fact-check myself. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Let's see. What do I like? Do I, what do I like? Because I'll be real, even with it being, with with it being rivalry week, all these, like, it it feels like every team is in every game. Yeah. However, at the same time. What makes it so tough to pick? Yeah. If you look at the lines, a lot of them are not jumping out. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I think all right, I think I'm gonna do it this way in order to try to make some points up. I don't feel confident about this, but I'm just going to knock knock up and buck up, if you will. Uh because if I don't, I'll fuck up. <laughs> all right. So for my lock, I really wanted to use this one as the upset, but I need to make up some points. So I'm going to do this one as my lock. I'm going with Wake Forest plus three. They will cover at least cover. I think they can win outright at Syracuse. And the reason I say that is because underdogs are 11-1 and against the spread in games broadcast on the CW this year. I don't know how in the world that's even possible. In fact, Cam, the only time that the only underdog that didn't missed by a half point, and you picked them as I believe your lock of the week to cover one week. That was Marshall. They were six and a half underdog point underdogs against NC State. Yeah, they yeah, won. I remember that. That's the only tell Dave Doran he can kiss my ass. <laughs> that's the only <laughs> underdog that hasn't covered. This year, I wanted to so badly go with Virginia over Duke last week. Thought about it. Didn't do it. Like I said, I'm, if I'm, you would have, they wouldn't have. Exactly. And that's probably what's going to happen this week. It's okay. Like I said, I'm I'm doing this just solely based at this point so that I can try to, you know, make up some points. And in the spirit of doing that. Hmm, all right. I'm really right. I'm really writing this down. I'm really writing this down. 
<laughs> I, and I know I'm going to regret it. I'm probably going to go 0-2 this week, but that's okay. Because it's, it's in there. I can't change it now. I think the kiss of death is going to hit one of the undefeated teams this week. Because of where they were ranked in rivalry week. I'm thinking a similar situation to what we saw first year of Loudmouth CFB. That's right. UTEP, plus 16 and a half. They're going to take down Liberty on Saturday. I don't know if I believe it. But I've got to because it's a 16 and a half point spread. And because somewhere along the line, it's going to happen. It has to happen, right? I, so they're already Paso, looking ahead to hosting the conference championship is... game next week. UTEP has nothing to play for, which is exactly why they can go out and win this game because they got nothing to lose. They're not going bowling. They're going to finish four and eight if they win this game. But boy, wouldn't it be just fun? Maybe you could even save uh, old, uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, Hinkle, right? No, not Hinkle. Danny Dimmel. 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 That's what I was trying to think of. Maybe you could old save old Dimmel's job if you pull this one off. I don't think they're going to, even if they, I don't think it's going to save his job, even if they win. Wait, what's that? It's UTEP. They're allergic to good choices in football. So he, his job is safe. Well, I, I don't know. I think they, they could get rid of him, even if they win this game. Uh, solely because I, I'm from it, El Paso. It, I know firsthand. Oh, I, I get it. I get it. But, there's a lot of speculation. It wouldn't surprise me one way or the other. I, I need points. I, I think this is about the only chance I've really got. Because if I mm-hmm. if I went with Wake Forest over Syracuse, which is, you know, maybe not necessarily going to happen uh, as my upset, I could only get one point. Mm-hmm. This gives me the possibility of, of four points, which keeps me alive into next week. If I don't get either one or if I don't get one of the two and Tyler gets one or both, heaven forbid, I'm I'm done anyway. So it's it's nut up, shut up. There there was no twenty plus point spread that I liked this week to try to give myself a fighting chance. And yeah, you know, last year we we didn't even do the math calculations right. So I could have could have potentially if I looked for a better point spread had a shot, but wasn't meant to be. So but anyway, that is locks and upsets that's going to do it for this show cam ma'am well that was fun it's uh doesn't feel like it goes almost two hours like it it no, actually does no, when no, it's no. just when it's when it's a, any portion any of the three of us it, it always feels like it's we're just having a conversation we're just hanging out and we're we're doing a show at the same time but you know it, it the time just flies when you're having fun and we have done a lot of that over the course. To be alive. Uh, tell Steve Smith in the studio this ain't a basketball school. He can kiss my ass. No, Dave, you can kiss my ass. You were talking to Dave Dorn like that, but uh, anyway. Cam, want to wish you a very safe and happy Thanksgiving tomorrow. I know you happy some- Thanksgiving to you too. Well, I appreciate that. I know you've got some plans for friends. Mm-hmm. So I. I know you're going to have a good time. You're yeah, I'm sure that you're going to do some stuff with your family. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, we, we've got some plans. I, I work in the morning and then I'm done at lunchtime. So I've, I'll be, you know, plenty of time to, you know, watch the parade and, and watch the football games tomorrow and everything like that. And so, 
but uh, that, that's what's in store over here. And uh, I know that we will touch base again. I, I mean, I'd love to do a Friday live stream, but I, I, I'm going to be working. And so I won't be able mm -hmm. to with as many good I, games are going to be Friday. The, in fact, I might have to get a second monitor, catch up with what I missed on Friday while the same game Saturday are going on just because yeah, of everything. I, and like, for instance, I'm unfortunately working Thursday night into friday morning into friday morning yeah so like i know at some point i'm gonna take a nap friday yeah well i was just saying i mean if you can if you can do it during the uh, early slate i don't i mean there's nothing to watch there tcu is not gonna in fact I, I had a meme that said don't make me tap the sign oklahoma beats tcu by 70 i i may be a recycled meme that i brought back from a couple weeks ago who's to say i don't know anyway want to wish everyone that may be watching a happy, festive, safe Thanksgiving. Stuff your gullets full of food. Be grateful. Be thankful for what you have. Because I know there are plenty of people out there that don't have the same things that you've got. And and that, in in all honesty, is what the the holiday is meant to be. You know, is, is meant to be for. It, it is you know nice to have food and and family and and football, but just remember to be grateful and be thankful for what you do have. And remember there are probably others out there that have it worse than you. So that's something to consider as we get ready to get into the season of giving um, here in the next week or so. But mm -hmm. until either Saturday night or Sunday, we'll be back on, we're hoping to be back for Saturday night. Be a lot going on with, uh, with especially the, the game on Saturday that we'll want to talk about. Yeah, Obviously that's going to be able to, um, that's going to be, that's going to be definitely leading things off. I would imagine one way or the other on Sunday's show. Um, but there's a lot to talk about a lot to be decided. And will we have any clarity in terms of the postseason picture? Or are we going to have to wait until next weekend to find out? I don't know. It's going to be interesting to watch. So Cam, We'll see you either Sunday or yeah. Saturday. If we're if it's not Saturday, we'll see you Sunday for another exciting edition of Loudmouth CFB. Bye bye.